0: Praise, thanks for being here today. It's time to get ready for the annual Robertson Gift Giveaway. Each year, we partner with Robertson Elementary to make sure that every child has a Christmas gift. You can share the love of Jesus with a child this Christmas season. If you're available to help hand out gifts on December 19th, head to Praise.FYI to sign up. Praise.FYI, it's your place for everything Praise. many opportunities to serve and to get involved in what God is doing in our city and right around us here on this northeast side of Springfield. And so I'm glad that you're here with us today and that you will be joining with us in these opportunities uh, this week, this month, this year. We have a guest speaker here with us today, and I'm excited about this, probably um, uh, as excited as I've ever been. Uh, Because our guest today has served in just about every capacity uh, in the Assemblies. Uh, He served as a pastor for about 18 years, starting in 1992 at Living Faith Assembly of God in Tampa, Florida. And then during that time, he served as the uh, assistant presbyter and the presbyter in the district. Uh, He was the president of the Peninsular Florida Black Ministers Fellowship. He served as the president of the National Black Fellowship of the Assemblies of God and as a general presbyter for the Assemblies of God during that time. In 2008, he began serving as the senior director for intercultural ministries. And currently, Malcolm Burley serves as the executive director for U.S. Missions, which is leading a team of... 18,000 missionaries, chaplains, and project volunteers. That includes 980 nationally appointed U.S. missionaries and 600 endorsed chaplains, some of which are in our congregation uh, today. Malcolm also serves as a member of the Assemblies of God executive leadership team. Uh, Executive Presbytery, Chairman of the Board of the U.S. Missions Executive Committee, and serves on the board of Teen Challenge International USA. Perhaps what's most impressive to me, though, was one of the very first lines of his bio, which stated that he got his start in ministry at Belmont Assembly of God in Chicago, Illinois, as the Sunday school teacher for two- and three-year-olds. In 1983 then, he was elected to the board of the, of the deacons in that church, and eventually he became the senior associate pastor in that church. So this is our kind of guy, praise assembly. And so today... I'm excited. If you haven't done it yet, you can pick up his book, which is called Agenda Driven or Assignment Led Discovering Your Calling in Christ by Malcolm uh, Burley today. And so in a moment, we're going to show a video here first, but in a moment after that video ends, would you warmly welcome today Malcolm Burley?
1: I see U.S. missions as the best secret that has yet to be told. This is something that has the potential to impact our nation. Our U.S. missionaries are basically untapped with the resources. They have the ability to just equip and mobilize and come alongside the local church to move outside of the four walls and begin to impact those right there in their community. I believe within the heart of every pastor, that DNA, they wanna see people brought into the kingdom. They wanna see that church grow. Not grow to say, I got a big church. They wanna see a church that has disciples where ministry is going forth. I wanted that when I pastored for 18 years. Every pastor wants that. It was about three and a half years ago that we were just really excited about wanting to do something that would make a difference in our community.
0: So we started talking to different mayors and city council people and agencies, they all were saying, man, the biggest thing that's going on in our community is we have all these kids who are in
1: care and foster care and they don't have homes and they don't have families. What we're doing is we're adding value, we're resourcing, we're encouraging replication among our missionaries. I read that there were
0: 400,000 children in U.S. foster care.
1: Their responsibility is to go into the local churches when that door is open.
0: And then when I studied and, and prayed and asked questions, I started to realize uh, there's 350,000 churches. This is problem solvable. There's potential in the church that hasn't been tapped into. There are
1: men and women sitting on the pews that just given the opportunity or awakening, the gifting that's in them, man, they go out and it happens. And I'm going like, well, how much money does it take? And how do you do the training? And how do you even get the connection? And how do you do all this? It's a partnership. Yeah, you got the arm, you got the leg, you got the eye, but it's the body. We got to do this thing together. They came in and helped me as a pastor to know how to talk about it, how to organize it, how to put it together. There's nothing like the local church when the local church is working. It's amazing what can happen if your heart has the know-how. All we want is an opportunity to advance the kingdom of God. In that local community where that church resides, we have US Maps, we have RV volunteers. They'll come alongside that church and they will raise that building up. We also have missionary associates who come alongside and help in ministry in a variety of areas. You have missionary church planners and developers, they're doing an incredible job as they go into the rural and urban areas. And then you have intercultural ministry, raising the awareness of the immigrants and refugees. They're reaching out to them and bringing them into faith with Christ. You also have Teen Challenge, that's addressing the opioid epidemic that's happening throughout our nation. Youth Alive assigns missionaries to high school campuses. Then you've got Chi Alpha on campus, reaching out to students. Some of them are international students who through conversion are sent back to their homeland and they become missionaries in that country. Chaplaincy, incredible. They serve military, occupational, and institutional settings like rodeo, hospital, bikers, rock climbing, and there's just so much more. We have the potential to impact our nation. And how? Through the local church partnering with the U.S. missions. What the Seven Windows will do is will facilitate, add value, and encourage replication, because this thing has to snowball. It has to grow if it's going to really impact the United States of America. privilege and honor to, to stand before this great congregation I sit here at least once every two months uh, because I travel a lot but I get here as often as I can and I am uh, so appreciative pastor of your ministry uh, has just, just blessed me and my family immensely we'll go home at times and, and, uh, and just say what was he talking about <laughs> no that's not true <laughs> No, well, <laughs> it becomes part of our devotional. Uh, and uh, just, just great. Uh, U.S. Mission is just, it's my heart. You know, we, you have one of our senior directors here, Manny, Manny Cadero. Manny, are you in the house? He's, I'm sure if he's not, he's, he's going to wish he was. Okay, all right, there he is. All right, God bless him. God bless him. Well, I bring you greetings from our General Superintendent, Doug Clay. He would have loved to have been here, but uh, he had other things to do, and so Pastor asked me to speak, (laughs) which I am grateful. Thank you, Pastor. You know, his passion, his passion is to have a Pentecostal church in every community that's known for its Bible engagement, spiritual empowerment, and mission participation. And that's why I'm here today, to speak on the mission participation. I want to draw your attention to the book of Acts, the first chapter. You see, the book of Acts is referred to as the Acts of the Apostles. And all throughout the book, the call for missions is paramount. All throughout that book, Acts 1-8 says, but ye will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Now listen to that. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. We look at the Holy Spirit, we know that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are given by the Holy Spirit. And so it says you will receive power. So I look at that and I go, well, wow, look at this. The gifts were given to advance missions. Huh? They were given to advanced missions. I, so I was excited about that. Then it says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Four words. And you will be. You will be. This, this is not, well, give it some thought. No, no, no. You will be. You will be. And so here it is. Missions is not something we decide. Missions is something we become. He says, you will be. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Father, we bow our hearts. There's much that you have to say. You're going to say a lot more than what you've given me to declare. I ask that hearts would be open. I thank you for entrance into those hearts, Lord. And I ask that you would be glorified in such a way, Lord, that it will impact lives and they'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This passage that I read in Acts, first chapter, verse 8, this passage is addressing missions. And I, as I look at it, it's addressing three key components When missions is engaged, I'm going to give you those three. Number one, provision. Pastor mentioned that at the conclusion of this service, we're going to ask that you would engage in that process. Provision. Number two, priority. Number three, perseverance. Now, guess what provision is not when we're addressing missions? I'm going to say something to you. Put your rocks down. Provision is not finances. I want that to soak in just a moment. Provision is not finances. Now, hear me. I'm not saying that finances aren't needed. Are you listening? Okay, I got three. (laughs) I'm not saying that finances aren't needed. I'm saying that's not part of the provision. The provision, when we look at missions, it's a partnership between God and man. That's the provision. That's, and that's, it's that partnership that's the key in releasing the finances that you and I need in, in order to advance mission. See, we, what we've done, we've placed the cart before the horse. We've placed the cart before the horse. John 14, 16, it reads, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter to help you. To help you and be with you forever. How long will the comforter be with you? Forever. Hallelujah. Forever. 17 says the Spirit of truth. Now the world cannot accept him because they neither see him nor know him. But you know him, for he lives with you and he will be in you. Wow. He lives with you and he will be in you. Okay? This is what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, as long as I've been with you, I've been your source of strength. As long as I've been with you, I've been your source of power. I've been your source. But I'm leaving. I'm leaving. I'm going back to the Father. As a matter of fact, he says it in the 12th verse. He says, I'm going back in the Father. He says, but I'm not going to leave you without strength. I'm not going to leave you without comfort. I'm not going to leave you without power. I'm leaving. Oh, but I'm not going to leave you alone. Let not your hearts be troubled. In Luke 24:49, Jesus says, I'm going to send you what the Father has promised. I'm going to send you what the, pro- the Father has promised. But stay in the city until, until you have been clothed with power from on high. Can you hear the voice of partnership? Can you hear the voice of partnership? I want you to stay. Don't leave. Don't do anything until. The Holy Spirit comes upon you. Ah, now with that partnership, we're going to move forward with such dynamic, with such force, with such clarity to bring it, to to, to populate heaven, plunder hell to populate heaven. It's a partnership. You see, his plan is simple. Jesus says, I'm going up, the Holy Spirit is going to come down, and the church is going to go out. Yeah, yeah. You're going out. You're going out. So the provision for mission is man cooperating with the Holy Spirit for the salvation of souls. That's the provision. Well, where's the money coming? We'll get there. Let's let's get let's get the horse in front of the cart first. Provision is man cooperating with the Holy Spirit. For the salvation of souls. Listen to what it says in 2 Corinthians 8:1. It says, and now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian church. In the midst of severe poverty, limited finances. Huh? In the midst of severe poverty, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty, he hits it twice. He wants, he's saying something to us. Extreme trials so in, in, in extreme poverty, severe trial extreme poverty, it, it welled up in rich generosity. How do you give what you don't have? It says, for I testify that they gave as much as they were able. They gave as much as they were able, but look, and it says, and even beyond their ability. They gave as much as they were able, but even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. They weren't prompted by some TV evangelist and say, Send me this and I'll send you a cloth. Or I'll send you a Bible with your name written. You know, anyway. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege, for the privilege. Can you see? Mission is a privilege. It's a privilege. It's it's not a committee. It's not a a once-a-year banquet. Those are all great. It's a privilege. It's a privilege. They pleaded with us with the privilege of sharing in this service of the Lord's people. And they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first to the Lord. You see, they understood partnership. They understood it. Yeah, I know we're broke. I, I know we don't have. But man, if we give ourselves to God, we'll be able to go beyond what we have. The Macedonian church understood that finance was, finances was a byproduct of the going. Let me shake that bush again. The Macedonian church understood that finances was a byproduct of the going. Go ye into all the world. Is that not commission? Go ye into all the world. L- the, the only provision in going is partnership. Listen to this. And lo, I am with you always. After he gives them, go into all the world, then he says, you're not going to do this on your own. Lo, I am with you always. It's a partnership. And as a result of partnership, the kingdom will be expanded. Lives will be brought saved, delivered. When the angel Gabriel informed Mary of the Lord's plan for her life, she didn't, you know, he came and told her what God had planned, informed of the Lord's plan for her life, she said, how? How how is that going to happen, seeing I know not a man? How how is that going to take place? He answers her how with a who. He answers her how with the who. In other words, how can the atheist be reached? How? How can I reach my family and my friends with the gospel, the Lord Jesus Christ? How can I build missions in my community? How? How can I know what God's will is for my life? So Gabriel's response to her how was, it's going to be through a partnership. He said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. That's how we're going to get this thing done. This is how Jesus is going to be brought into our society, into our world. This is how he's going to be brought into the earth, through a partnership, a partnership between you and the Holy Spirit. Woo! Yes. That's powerful. I mean, there's nothing like the local church when the local church is working. Did you hear me? There's nothing like it, nothing like it, because God's plan is through you. Listen to what he says in 2 Corinthians 5.20. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though Christ was making his appeal through who? Through us, through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be ye reconciled. And so as witnesses, we are called. We are called to partner with the Holy Spirit to bring in the harvest. Partnership. This is the provision. Working hand in hand. Ephesians 3 confirms this statement. It says, now unto him who is able to do exceeding, abundant, above all that we could ask or think, according to the power that's at work within who? Us. Us. Let's flip that. According to the power that's at work within me, say that. According to the power that's at work within me, who? That's point. Say to me. Shoot, that stuff's in me, man. That stuff. Sorry, the spirit is in me. That power. It's you know. It's, it's so. We can't do missions independent. Of the Holy Spirit. We can't. He He's our He's our source. He, he's our guide. He's the one who knows the way. Missions is a spirit-empowered movement that can't be contained, hear me, within the four walls of the church. You can't do it. You can't do it. Missions is more just signing. Here's where we here's where I cuss. Missions, let me kick water so I, you can hear me clearly when I cuss. <laughs> All right, here, ready? Missions is more than just signing a faith promise. I told you I was going to cuss. Missions is more than just signing a, a faith promise and passing. The responsibility of the Great Commission off on others. Hmm? I, that's another bush I'm gonna shake again. Mission is more than just signing a faith promise and passing the responsibility of the Great Commission off on others. You see, mission is what we're made out of. Missions is our DNA, it's our DNA. Saints, missions is not just across the seas. Missions is across the street. It's across the street. You see, we look at the United States as our donor base, and it's a great donor base, but guess what? It has now become the third largest mission field. That's right. Jesus himself said, the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. If we will submit to the provision through faith, our God will provide the finances. I'm telling you, the finances at times that comes into, into U.S. missions, I go, wow, look at God. We just got, we just got a donation of $300,000. Yeah. We didn't do anything for that other than partner with the Holy Spirit and stepping out in faith and say, God, we're going to do this. Resources aren't there, but I don't need resources when I have you. Every need is met in him. In him there is no lack. I'm fully supplied in him. We need to understand that. Let's look at the second component. First is provision. Provision is what? God and man. Finances, whereas finances are not a part of that provisional piece, finances are needed. We understand that. Now let's look at the priority. Jesus gives us the priority. His priority in the latter part of verse 8. He says, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. It's not a multiple choice. It's not a multiple choice, it's all four. Now I want you to hear me on this one. Our fellowship, which I am a part of, we have have two mission departments. We have US missions, we have world missions. All right, we have what? US missions and we have world missions. I get that. Because there's difference in, in policies and procedures, the approach. There's difference in, in culture. There's just difference. And I, I get it. I get it. But in the economy of God, it's missions. It's missions. Are you listening to me? It's missions. So it's not U.S. missions. It's not world missions. It's not either or Scripture tells us it's all four. It's not either or, it's all four. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. His priority has that process. It's right it's it's pinned out there. Missions is engaging all four. Because missions is God's love language. Mission has a message. It's the message of the gospel. Now hear me on this. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, whosoever believeth. And so missions is not always where, but missions is always who. Whosoever will. huh? Whosoever will, let him come. Wherever that fo- that soul is found, that's that's missions. And so when I preach, I see missions as one. I see missions as one. It might stir some of the thoughts in some of the crowds that I'm in, but I says no, no, no. I'm here supporting U.S. missions as well as world missions because in God's economy, missions is one. Don't talk to me about separating it. He doesn't. I'm not going to. And amen. Anyway. His priority is not for debate. It's not up for discussion. His priority is for the souls of mankind. For the souls of mankind. Our world is changing, saints. Our demographics are changing. My my last research showed that we had 46.4 foreign-born people, not visiting, living in America. I believe God has brought them here to here. We can get them saved and send them back to their native location. They become missionaries to their own people. God's got this this thing set up. He's got this thing planned. Remember what he says in the book of Acts, the 17th chapter? Here's what he says. You in a minute what he says. <laughs> Here's what he says. He said, God, who made the world and everything in it. Now, let's drop down to 26. I'll be reading to him. He said, From one man he has made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth, and he determined the time set for them. Think about that. You could have been born at any time in history, but God determined the time for you to be born now. Why? Look at our world. Look at the chaos. Look at the confusion. I mean, the disunity. I mean, the LGBTQ, that, that agenda is just on the rise, and what they're wanting to introduce to our schools, and, and, and the racial issue. And the Oh, man, it's, it's, it's like, out of all of the times, God, why now? Couldn't you have brought me in when, man, things were happening? Money was being made? We we're in industrial. Oh, He brought you in this time. You know why? Because He has placed in you what our society needs. The Bible says all of our days are written in the book before one came to be. That means that. God has placed things in you that people, maybe across the cubicle, maybe across the street, they need what you have. Maybe across the seas as you go as world missionaries, but it's still missions. The priority is Jesus. It's not come and see. His priority is go and tell. Let's move to the third. First was provision. Second was priority. The third, perseverance. It's going to take perseverance to reach Samaria. Jerusalem, Judea, (gasps) Samaria. It's going to take perseverance to reach Samaria. You see, Samaria speaks of the disenfranchised, speaks of the alcoholic, the drug addicts, the LGBTQ community, people who don't even, people who want nothing to do with God, feel they don't even need a God. That's Samaria. Remember, there was such an intense hatred, such an intense hatred between the Jews and the Samaritans. The Jews, the Jewish community would do all all they could not to pass through Samaria. It was the people that they rejected. It was the people that they didn't understand. It was the people that they had no love for. It was the people that there was no outreach extended to Samaria. You, you get the picture. Samaria. Samaria. That same hostility exists today in our communities. He speaks different. He looks different. His, his, his clothes are different. His skin color is different. We look for differences. I believe if we were all the same skin color and, and had everything in common, it would be the brown eyes against the blue eyes. It would be the green eyes against the black eyes. We gotta f- we, that's us. we got to find something that's different so that I can elevate myself over it. That's not missions. That's not missions. Though it's not the mission that God has called us on. I believe that's the enemy's mission. And so that same hostility exists in our, in our nation today. See, the Samaritan culture, as it was with the Jews, it is now with us. The Samaritan culture, it, it's, we don't understand it. And what we don't understand, we fear. Yeah. What we don't understand, we fear. But guess what? Guess what, saints? Christ came and he died for the Samaritan culture. You got to get that. He came and he died for the Samaritans. He died for that Samaritan culture. He died for the LGBTQ community. He died for the alcoholic. He died for the drug addict. He died for the disenfranchised. He died for the pedophile. He died for them. He died for them just like he died for you. The same blood that he spilled to wash away your sins will wash away theirs as well. John 4.4, it says, speaking of Jesus, now he had to go. He had to go through Samaria. He was compelled to go through Samaria. Jesus was assignment led. He was on a mission. And not only was he on the mission, but he owned the mission he was on. You got to own it. And because he owned it, he says, I must go through. No, 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 no. Can you imagine what the disciples were doing? They probably were manifesting. No, no, we got to go through. I'm on assignment. My father loves those people just like he loves you. just like he loves you. And so as the people of God, we've got to, begin to, we've got to begin to ask ourselves and begin to cast aside our prejudice, cast aside our differences, our hostility, our, our preconceived opinions on what we think a particular group should be doing. No, no, no. The only thing they need is Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's all they need. Stop putting restrictions on what they do. Thank you, sister. Hallelujah. I felt I need to get some water behind that. (laughs) It's through perseverance. Perseverance. It's through perseverance that we will present. A clear representation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why? So that none will perish. So that none will perish. You see, the Spirit is prompting us as it relates to Samaria. You know what he's saying? It's in Psalms 2. Asked of me. That's all he's asking. He's asking you and I. Asked of me. And I will give you. That's not maybe it'll happen. No. Asked of me, I will give you the heathen for your inheritance. I will give you the outermost parts of the earth for your possession. All you have to do is ask me. And if your heart is for people like his heart is for people, you'll ask him. Thank God that you're going to sign this faith promise. And I pray that you give twice as much as you've ever given. Because finances is needed. But the greater thing I'm asking today is that you look across the street and say, God, I, give me him. Give me that drug addict. Give me that wife beater. Give him to me. The one who's abusing his children. You give them to me that I in return might hand them back to you as a trophy. Give them to me. Is that what he's saying? Ask of me. That's all he's, he's asking us to ask. Because he is so desirous, so willing to give, ask, ask, and I'll give you that. The Spirit is saying, "Just ask of me;
0: I'll give
1: you the Samaritan. I'll give you that Samaritan community." Ask for the difficult places. Ask for the down and out. Ask for those who, who, those who are hating. They're lying at the very gates of hell. Ask me for them. Ask me for them. Here's what has happened though, saints. Sam, Sam, Samaria moves into our neighborhood and we either move out or we refuse to reach them. Back in the day, they used to call it White flight. They moved in, we moved out. Why? I don't understand them. I've heard stories, I watch, I see, what the, I see them on television. I don't want that in my church. I'm going to tell you a little stall smart. I got a little time here. We were reaching out in the community, the church I pastored for 18 years. And so we, we took a survey, we, in the, they had maybe seven or eight, it was huge apartment complexes. So we went around, took us a couple of Saturdays, and we got, what do you want for your children, right? So as, as a result of the information we collected, we started a backyard Bible club on one of the um, apartment complexes, and then we started a youth outreach on the other apartment complex. So, oh, man, what's every, we're out there. It's happening. Man, we're, we're enjoying it. People are being brought to faith. The parents are there. And then I said, all right, we've been going out. You ready to bring them in? Oh, yeah. Let's bring them in. I said, okay, wait a minute. These are my exact words. We bring them in. They might scratch little things on our nice bathroom stall. As they walk down the hall, they might inappropriately Touch some of your children. You ready to bring them in? Bring them in! Okay. We brought them in. I remember coming into the office one day, and I heard, just ruckus down the hall, so I I quickly run down the hall, because I thought, man, something's happening. Because the kids would fight in the hallway. I mean, you know. I went there. One of our deacons has this teenager pinned against the wall. His feet aren't even touching the floor. And so I holler his name. Hey, what are you doing? He ain't going to disrespect me. I thought, you were, I thought you were ready for him, man. Well, you, well yeah, but, you know, he just disrespect. What do you expect? What do you expect? We're bringing him out of Samaria. We're bringing him out of Samaria. That's what they were taught in Samaria. They were taught to cuss in Samaria. They were taught bad language in Samaria. They were taught to inappropriately touch. They were taught that. That was acceptable. You want them in your church? Okay, let's move on. I always get that response. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go out to them. And we're good at that, aren't we? We'll go out to them. We'll feed them. We'll go out to them. And I'm not saying that's wrong. But at some point, we got to, I just saw this, this. Nate, do you have that? Stand up. Let me see what you have on your, you, well, it says your youth and your knees are out, too. Uh. <laughs> But anyway, somebody had something. Oh, we belong. That's what it was, right? We belong. (laughs) And they said, just say. Okay. Anyway, you had the guy, he said, we belong. Is do they? Do they belong? It's through passionate perseverance that hearts will be changed. Souls will be saved and the kingdom of God will be expanded. Listen to Judges, and I'm bringing it to an end. Judges 8-4. Gideon and his 300 men, exhausted. Exhausted. I want you to know that reaching Samaria will exhaust you. It exhausts the church. I pass it. It exhausted finances. It exhausted energy. Oh, baby, but it revealed hearts. It revealed hearts. You come in here praying in tongues, like you got it all together. Like Jesus can't talk to the Father because he's always in your, in your house. You know, or just, you know, people, they glow in the dark. <laughs> huh, you know. You always speaking in tongues. You know, I say, you know what? It's easier to speak in tongues than it is to hold your tongue. Did you find that out? Have you found that out? Let me stop melding and going back to the word. Okay. So may God give us that same determination and perseverance to reach our Samaria. Our nation has an unfulfilled assignment. I believe this in my heart has an unfulfilled assignment, and I believe God will once again equip our nation, equip his Jerusalem to impact Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. I believe that. And so, God, I pray. I pray for this congregation. I thank you, Father, for what they're going to do as they're stepping out with their faith promises. I'm asking God that you would move upon them with such determination that Lord, the faith promise will be the first step. Well, actually the second step. The first step will be they're going to give themselves to you in partnership with the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name.
0: Amen. 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 Would you thank Brother Malcolm Burley to say? Amen. Amen, amen, I hope you took copious notes, I know that I did, just taking notes all through. Boy, there's some good, good things that I think should target not just our minds there, but also our hearts there, amen, amen, man, you amend him more than you amen me, Amen? amen? There it is, there it is. I appreciate you, and I appreciate your hearts, I appreciate the fact that we do have a heart for our immediate community, right? And there is a step beyond the easy, immediate community. Focused on Samaria, right? The more difficult, immediate community. May the Lord just continue to speak to our hearts in that manner and call us, not just to give, but also to participate. God's put us right where he put us, and he put us here for a reason, and that's to impact those who are immediately around us. May that ever be on our hearts. I'm going to invite our ushers to go ahead and and be prepared today. Um, We have, as part of this annually, we do take up missions, commitments, cards. And this is an opportunity for us to just plan for the next year. And I do believe, based on where our giving is right now and what we've seen in the past, as we step forward into the next year, we believe fully that God is going to provide the blessing in order that we could take on additional mission support. And I believe it's gonna be somewhere around 15% increase this next year, just based on what we've seen and what we expect to see as we move into the next year. And a part of that is planning for these commitment cards. And so if you've received one or if you have it in your book, there's one that sticks out in the front, one that sticks out in the back. And we mentioned last week how this works. First, that you would commit to uh, giving. For this next year for a monthly commitment or maybe a one-time gift whatever that might be but a commitment in that regard that you put your name and phone number and we don't call you on this and it's more just so that we could understand to kind of have an idea of what god's going to uh, call us to step into in this next year and so if you would at this time let's just pray and then we're going to ask the lord to lead us in that and then if you could make those commitments if you would put your name and phone number and email address in now And then we'll pray and we'll make that commitment. We also ask that you would, as a family especially, uh, that you would prayerfully decide that maybe the Lord would call you to pray specifically over a family and support one family, missionary family, this next year. And that as he does that, that you as a family would send them cards, birthday cards, anniversary cards, uh, just notes saying that we're praying for you all throughout the year. And, And I believe that you'll do that as well. Let's pray. Father, I do thank you for the heart in this church. We've always had a heart to support missions financially, but God, we do recognize that you have called us to our immediate community as well, and oh Lord, we see the overflow of that heart. We see the impact of that already. I see that in the fact that I have no doubt that when we bring in Robertson School uh, to this, this auditorium in December. God that our people will be here volunteering as a part of that. and there will be adults and parents there who have kids in that school where they were blessed as a result of of, pleasant, or of praise assembly investing in Robertson Elementary. God, I thank you for that. I praise you for that because that's your work in them. Now Lord, uh, I, I thank you that you have also called us to the hard places. But ultimately, God, because of who you have called us to. And I do pray that our hearts would be right and and full of joy and gratitude for what you have done, even as we participate in that. Speak to us now and how we might make this commitment for this next year in giving. Lord, I trust that you're calling us forward in this to give more as a church than we've ever given in the past. I believe that. I I truly do. And I expect that we're going to take on new missionaries at the beginning of this next year as a result of that. Now, Lord, lead each of us in how we might step forward as well. We thank you for it. And we ask it in your name. Amen.